Hi, everyone. Uh, well, I hope everybody's having a good time so far. Uh, as you can see, I'm not Miles Cheadle. Uh, my name is Andy Cardona, if you haven't met me. I'm actually uh, I'm a volunteer here at Friends of Internationals, and it's a, it's a huge privilege of just have your time um, to be in front of you and just share what God has been working in me. But most importantly, uh, I, I really hope that all of you enjoy that time with pizza. I, for some reason, I love Costco pizza. That's a special place in my heart. It's cheap, and it has that tangy, like, tomato sauce that I just really enjoy. Um, so, yeah. So, Miles is actually in Italy right now, and he's taking a vacation with Lisa. And, you know, they, they are approaching a new season in life. They, you know, they, you know they're, they're about to have a baby, and, and that's, a, it's a, you know, a huge transition. So really, you know, I, I encourage all of us to, to, to pray for them. Um, you know, I, I do really love them. And, and I think it would be really sweet from, from our part if we can, you know, pray that God would strengthen their marriage in this time, you know, at Wild in Italy. But also that when, like, when you go on vacation, you want to have a good time, right? So, so they would also enjoy their time together. And, you know, the, you know, the Cheeto way, it's just to eat gelato. So I'm pretty sure they're doing that already. So uh, I know they have. I, I've seen their uh, Instagram stories. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, tonight, uh, as you can see here on the board, uh, we'll be in Mark 15, 1 through 5. Um, the majority of us should be familiar with this passage already. Uh, in fact, we have spent the last several months in, in the book of Mark. And, you know, it's, it's really cool when you see the entire worship, like meaning the songs that we sing, and, and whenever they align with, with what's going to be talked about. And we, the last song we, we sang was the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are four stories. Those are the four gospels. Uh, those are four different books with four different views of the life that Jesus lived. And, and it all uh, culminated in, in his death, but they all also finished with his resurrection. So we'll be here and, you know, we have been studying the book of Mark in our Bible study. So this is a book that we're going to be on tonight. And, and especially that we're going to look at tonight really, really stood out to me, uh, not just because it's a very important passage, but now that I'm thinking about it, it, it really, it really showed me just how we need to behave in, in certain scenarios. You see, we are going to see Jesus on display. Jesus is the main focus of this passage. And a lot of the stories in the gospel is either about somebody that Jesus is healing, somebody that has possessed with a demon, or somebody that needs healing, right? But Jesus is the main focus here. And we're going to see, we're going to see Jesus confronted in a way that no other man in this world has been confronted with. We're going to see Jesus behave under a stressful situation. And what he doesn't say will give mankind the greatest say, sorry, the greatest gift for, of all eternity. Like, I'm going to repeat that again. What he doesn't say is what we're going to pay attention at, uh, on today. It was his action here, like the way he behaved, he composed himself, that made a big impression on one man. And I hope that we can, that we can all glean from that. Um, so uh, just give me a second. I'm going to pray. Because uh, uh, I actually had food poisoning last night. And it was, it was very hard to prepare for this while I was having a fever, my stomach was hurting, and I really uh, couldn't really think. Um, so just give me one second. <laughs> Lord, we are just so thankful. Lord, I'm thankful that 
just to be here. Uh, thank you, God, for, for changing my life uh, four and a half years ago by hearing the story of Jesus like I never heard it before. Thank you for ever since then just making my life uh, more like you and for just taking the time to always show me in ways that I can always just be more like you and, and, and just for, for being willing to use me tonight. I, I don't deserve being here. Just put me aside and uh, God, would you please just deal with us in, in, in every way that you, sit, that you see that we need to be um, obeying you, Lord. Amen. So we're going to read the passage. So if you can flip to that slide. So it says, And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are thou the king of the Jews? And he answered and said unto him, Thou sayest it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing. So Pilate marveled. So just like any story, especially this one, we need to get context. You hear Miles say that all the time, but it's very important. See, we need to know what led to all of this. Uh, I like to think about it like this is, like, this is the part of the roller coaster that is like right before like the cliff. Like if without this moment, there is no like the story does not continue. And at the end of the day, we are in chapter 15. So what, let, what was before this, right? See, this is important. And, and I want to tell you a little story. See, I grew up in Guatemala. So this is one of the reasons why I'm in Friends of Internationals. And I didn't grow up with Netflix. I didn't know what Netflix was. Or what was that, what was that, soft, what was that black box that you connected to your cable that you're able to pa uh, pause your TV shows or record them? Is it, yeah, something like that, right? That you can, you can go back on time and, and go and like you can watch the entire thing. See, I didn't have that. I didn't have that privilege. So a lot of times I would turn on the TV and I would watch a movie, and wherever that movie was, I had to. I, I was stuck with that. So it led to me just you know just being there casually, just sitting. And and honestly, we cannot afford that tonight. But anyways, let's go back to what we're saying. Um, so the nation of Israel, right? So the nation of Israel is God's chosen people. So we see in Exodus 6, 7, uh, sweet, awesome, uh, that God is very specific about loving, protecting, sheltering the nation of Israel because Israel was actually in bondage to the nation of, um, of Egypt. God says, and I will take you, on, like, take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. So during this time, actually, the nation of Israel wasn't like they were slaves. They, they were going through so many heartaches and, and, and God has actually promised them to, to deliver them from that. So when he did, God gave them a law. We find that in the Old Testament. And you might ask, why did God give them the law? See, so they can also live a life that would please God. And OK, why? Why? Right. So we, we, I'm doing this like almost like a Bible study, right? See, Israel found itself being surrounded by wicked nations and everything that these nations did was contrary to the holiness of God. And, you know, we see Israel backsliding all this, like, all the time they went after idols. That means anything but God, so much so that God gave them up to their own ways and later on captivity. So during this time, God is so merciful that he actually promised the Messiah. He promised the Savior. Not just for Israel, but honestly, for every one of us in this room. 
and not just to restore, like, but also to restore us to the perfect relationship that mankind once had with God in a garden of Eden. We, we've hear, heard of it this time, but it was actually true. Since our sins, you know, really separated us from God. So we, we need to find a way that we can be restored to God. And this is a promise of God that he made in, in Isaiah. So in Isaiah 53, 6 and 7 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Like sheep meaning like this is us. Put yourself in a situation, right? We have gone astray. We've gone away from God. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this is talking about a specific man. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. He's, the, he's brought up as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shear is dumb, so he opened out his mouth. And that's the part that we're going to pay attention to today, where this man does not open his mouth. And why? See, we see this man, the Savior, would suffer for our sins. He was afflicted, and yet he did not speak. And in the passage we'll be tonight, we find that it's the fulfillment of that. That man in, in Isaiah is actually Jesus. And in Mark, we see that he starts his ministry by submitting himself to baptism. Then he chose 12 disciples. He went through Israel preaching the kingdom of God. And he was very active on that. And it's very, I love it because we spent 15 chapters so far and, you know, a lot of time, a lot of months. So, like, you love seeing the progression. You love seeing the story. But during all this time, Throughout the book of Mark, we see that the religious rulers are like they're keeping an eye on Jesus, you know, being confronted with Jesus, a man that explained God's word with authority. He knew what he was saying, showing himself that he was a very own son of God. They started to get envious of him and they started to plan to kill him. It's very, uh, very sobering. So so why? Like, why, why would they want to kill him? See, Jesus was living the message he carried and they were not. His life was very different, and he was holy. It re, like Jesus stood out in Israel, and the people were and people were attracted to that, and they you know and the and they wanted to get Jesus like arrested. And right before Jesus gets arrested by these rulers, he let three of his disciples to pray with them. There, Jesus pleaded with God, and shortly after he was taken and standing trial before the religious rulers, his only answer was to the where they asked him, are you the son of the blessed? Like, hey, are you, son, are you the son of God? And he says, yes. And I love it. That was the only specific, that was the only answer. Right? And they want him dead for something that is true. And that's, they're like, yep, we need to kill you. Because it, to me, it didn't make any sense. And, and that's what led to this passage. So as we read the verse, the first two verses, we're going to read them right now. And it says, and straightway in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, I thought the king of the Jews. And he answered and said unto him, thou sayest it. So, okay. It's the morning. Jesus was taken by the, the rulers. And we see that Jesus is taken to Pilate by the council of the Jewish leaders. So, you know, Pilate, it's a Roman official. And he is going to judge Jesus and he's going to hear the accusations of, of the, of the rulers though, you know, they thought about this, like this says in, in the, in the verses, the council, right? Like it, they all had one mind. They all were in one accord. We we're going to get Jesus. And, and they were contrary to, to, to him. And, and, and why? Well, it, it was against everything that he was and everything that he stood for. 
these and, and this man wasted no time at that when they saw something different in Christ. And straight away, like in, in their accusations began. And and we don't we actually don't we don't hear those accusations here in Mark, but we get to hear them in, in other places. But one of the things that uh, that he was accused for, it was for his identity, like his life identified with, with identified him with something. And it was in Isaiah 9, 6. Um, yeah, so it says, for unto us a child is born. This is another prophecy of this Savior, this Messiah. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be un- uh, upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth forever, the seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You see, this, this is Jesus. Like this is this passage is describing Jesus in a way that he is the rightful king. He is the king of the Jews, but not at this time though, because he's coming in meekness. So truly, Jesus is the king of the Jews. Jesus stood out and you know and out and that would impact the in the real the, the the roles of the, the Jewish leaders and they didn't like that they didn't want their position to be taken away so with that prophecy we see that he is the fulfillment of that promise god in the flesh and his rightful nation and his identity was an issue for them they didn't they didn't like who he was so this brings us to our first key point and and that is that jesus was accused of his identity and we will be as well and, and that's very, very sobering, you know, like to us believers is that, like, what are we being identified as? Does our life lead all the way to Jesus? Does people see character, you know, qualities that, that reflect the life of Christ? And, and it's something that I love because the, the men that he discipled actually were accused of the same thing. We see in Acts 4, um, 13, says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these two men were with them, one of two of his disciples, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. There was something different. There was something different, even though they were just ordinary men. It says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There was something different in this man that, that led them to be identified with Christ. So my question to all of us is, can, can someone tell you you're different? Uh, what do we sound like? Why is this important, right? Well, because as believers in Jesus, um, we need to see inspiration, uh, inspirationally ourselves here. Is our life portraying the very things Jesus is accused of? Does, does our life resemble him? And, and, and I mean, I'm standing before you and I'm like saying this. And, and the thing is that when it comes to like preaching, right? Like I have to live this out. So this is even very, very sobering. Does my life resemble Christ? Does my life resemble the meekness, the quietness of, of, of Jesus? Is our, is, is our life so different for others to not see him. And that is the hardest question. If somebody can't pinpoint you to Christ, what's wrong? If somebody were to have us something against us, would it be because we're doing something in faith in Christ? Or is it because we're doing something wrong, like on our own? You see, Peter was with Christ throughout this. And he says here in First Peter, says, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they might be ashamed that falsely accuse you good conversation in Christ. Conversation is a biblical word for your lifestyle. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. 
I don't know about you, but I've experienced that. And and at first it's really hard. It's really hard when like you're 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 doing something and they're like people come at you and you're like, ah, oh, like initially you just want to scream, but I'm like, but I know I'm right, you know, and but the Bible says it's better to suffer for for good, like you know, for just living a, a life that is Christ-like, that resembles Christ. Then if you're doing something wrong, then it's it's your shame. But you know, the trial continues. Verse three and four says, and the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, answer us thou nothing? So here we see Jesus is having the trial of his life. And I, I put this here for Andrew Best. It's very clever. And it, quite literally, he is about to, like, he is having the trial of his life. So, like some of those accusations, I know, I know, super bad. <laughs> you know, some of those accusations, we see them in Luke 23 to 4. Um, and I love this. I love this passage. It's very clear. And it says, and they began to accuse him. This is the Jewish leaders um, saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding them to, to give tribute to Caesar. That's like to pay taxes, saying that himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked them, saying, are thou the king of the Jews? And he answered, said, answering him and said, thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I found no fault in this man. So this man that was in charge to judge Jesus, his conclusion, Pilate's conclusion was that Jesus was not a fault right away. And I love it. Very simple. This man is, a, this man is not guilty of whatever you're accusing him of. The way Jesus composed himself is what we're going to like really focus on here. Like Jesus composed himself in a way like, sorry, that was, that was bad English right here. Okay, so the way that he composed himself is like is given is like that's given witness to Christ. What about us? What do we do in this case? Like whenever we are accused, or you know, I don't know. What about you? Like when things when things don't go well, what what do we do? Like I I I can tell you that I think about like a year ago. Um, yeah, like I know I had somebody come come to me at work, and um, it was a I work and I, had, I was a translator for, for this conversation. I speak Spanish. Uh, a coworker of mine spoke Spanish. So it was a conversation and he came in very aggressively. And then, you know, there's the, this is saying, don't shoot the messenger. Well, the messenger got shot. Like I was a translator. And then like, I was, I was being, I was being attacked and, and um, for just, you know, just translating a message. And I failed. I spoke back. Like, I'm like, bro, this is not with me. Uh, and I failed. I was not like Jesus here. Um, you know, in fact, I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to, to talk back to defend why I'm right, which just makes things worse. But this is like a pilot here, like him being a man in authority to judge people unto life or death. Like he, he definitely has seen what a guilty man would react. Like, he would see what what a guilty man should look like, what he would sound like, what he would say. And I mean, at the, at the end of the things, like there was two other men in the cross, like being crucified with Jesus. So the Bible doesn't say like where or when they were tried, but he definitely like something stood out. And and whatever a guilty man should look like, he's not seeing that in Jesus here. So Pilate can't keep quiet about it. Because in verse four, it continues to say, behold, how many things they witness against thee. Like, 
Pilate is really asking him to consider all these things. Like he's talking to Jesus, just bro. Like they, they're really, they're really talking all these things about you. Like he really wants Jesus for his mind to be diverted to all these accusations. So whenever we face our times, like that, that is the same way. Like our flesh, our, our mind really wants us to focus on just those negative thoughts, all those things that people say against us, all these, like all, all of this. And it just really wants us to focus on how we feel or how something is unjust or, or like, so we can make those, so we can excuse our actions. But we see that like, but Jesus wasn't like, he was not, he was not going to think about that. Um, so this brings us to the key point. See, just like Jesus during hard times, we must obey God's will. And you're like, well, why? Well, this verse truly gives us the, the insight on this. You see, before we even got here, what enabled Jesus' response was the fact that Jesus went to the garden. And what happened at the garden? Well, Jesus went there and prayed. And it was not just a, like a regular prayer. It was perhaps one of the most important prayers of, like, of all time. Because we see that Jesus was, he always said that he was going to die. He was going to hang on a cross. And he was like for, foreshadowing that. Uh, to his disciples foreshadowing meaning like he was telling them what's going to happen in the future and he was having a hard time i don't know about you but whenever something like if somebody tells you hey i need to talk to you and you're like you don't know what they're going to talk to you about you're in agony that's me like i'm like what is he going to say and then you you can't you can't think man it's like it's hard but now just now think about this jesus is god he knows what's going to happen he's going to die on a cross whoa that's agony right there so he went as we see in Mark 14, it says, Jesus says, and, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, he's praying to God the Father. All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. So even in his hard times, we see that Jesus was focused on obeying God. And he actually submitted himself unto God. And, and, and that's why whenever we face hard situations, we need to be occupied in obeying God see this is where we find the only way to be so composed during like hard times like and here's the great news it's not this is something that I I, I, I I keep telling the guys in Bible study sometimes it's not like God like Jesus is asking us to do something that he wouldn't do everything that we're reading Christ already did it so like he already modeled it first like he is there before us so just like he submitted his will to God you know he was in agony he was facing the most painful death because God was not willing that any would perish. Like, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like he, this story, like, it's for you. So, you know, to all of us, like, we should surrender, like, to God or hidden wills. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, you, you can name it. You can name the blank. Those things that, you know, you ponder, you know, if, it, if you would truly, you know, give those up to God, you know. Like what, what's keeping you from obeying God's will? Like, what is that thing that you always keep going, like you're going back to? Um, so, you know, please like surrender it in, in prayer. How long? Well, until you see, until, until your life's changed, until, until your behavior is different. Um, I, I, I keep, you know, that, that really touched me in this passage of like, what, 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 what am I not surrendering? So in closing, right? Um, why, why does this matter so much? Why am I being... Why am I making a big point and just the way Jesus responded? Well, 
you see, I, I, I recently became a, a U.S. resident and I was undocumented for almost for 10 years of my life. And, you know, going through the process of filing for all those paperwork, it, it was very hard. In fact, it didn't really, it went, God really answered prayer in huge ways. But there was, there was times where I found myself wanting to say something. Like, we didn't hear anything from the government for a while, and then we got approved, and then things got stuck. And then I applied for a new job. I got hired, and then my Social Security was not supposed to, was supposed to take a few weeks, and it actually got delayed for two months, like almost two months. And I found myself really, really wanting to, to express I'm like, my, my anger. I was like, why, why, why is this happening to me? Why? Like, why am I having a hard time? to be okay with this situation why am i ha why am i having such a why am i having a hard time to god why why are you doing this to me almost right but and and this is why it's it's so important to me this passage this is what that was my biggest takeaway jesus was willing to go through all of this and you see our obedience towards god has the ripple effect what do i mean by ripple effect you know when you throw something in the water you know, like from the point of impact, waves come from, like waves apart. See, obedience is just like that. It's, it's not just about me or it's not about just you or us. Like what we obey or do not obey has an impact on others. So let's see how Jesus models that. Because in verse five, Jesus says, well, well, let's read it. But Jesus answered, yet answered nothing. So that Pilate marveled. Okay. So one of the cool things about the Bible is that each word matters. Like each word was chosen by God. And, and, and the beautiful thing is that you can track it to how it has been used. So you can get a little context of, of why is it a big deal. See, Pilate was so shocked to see a just man. Again, and Lucas said that he was not guilty, right? Act in such a quiet way, though he was being like, though he was being accused for being wrong. He marveled. That's what the Bible says. Like, when, when you marvel, like, you're like, you're in awe, you're in shock. You're like, whoa, man, like, this is a huge deal for him. Like, the times we see this word marvel in the Bible, if you want to go to the next slide, we see that Jesus, like, like, this is just for all of you. We see that Jesus is actually showing his power, like, proving that he is the very own son of God. And, and while he is doing that, he's actually changing lives. And we see Jesus is doing the exact same thing here, but this time, He's doing it while he's being quiet. And, and, and that's like a huge, that's a big deal. Why? You see, obedience is very impactful. So will, be, so will we obey God seeing just how powerful it is? But, you know, the question really is, will we obey God whenever it's hard? And the situation just demands us to be vocal about it. Just like, just like I was a few months ago. You know, it's hard. It's hard to obey God. It's hard to, to be thankful, right? That's one of the wills of God. He wants you to be thankful all the time. And, and, and in your flesh, you just want to say something. I'm like, oh, this, is, this, this situation is really hard. But will you? Well, I want, to, I want to remind you of just how impactful that was to Pilate. You see, Pilate marveled because Jesus yet answered nothing. See, Jesus' obedience was super impactful on Pilate. 
and maybe like you're struggling to you know evangelize your family like I am and my parents-in-law don't know Christ and the response is let's just obey God and you know your co-worker I start a new job and I'm like okay how, how do I reach them right how, how can how can I share this message to them then it's just obey God. Like God, God really will use the situations to, to witness to them, just like he, like he used it to, to witness to Pilate. And perhaps you're new here and you're like, yo, like, what's up? Like, this is like completely different. Why, why? Like you're speaking to a different crew here. Well, I want to bring you like back full circle, right? You see, we started with a, one of the prophecies of, of Jesus, of, of him coming, like being the, 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 the king of Israel also a quiet, you know, sacrifice to all of us, right? A man that would not like open his mouth though he was being wrong. Um, you see in Isaiah 53, 5, the Bible says that this man, right? He would be wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we would be healed. So, okay, what, what, what does that mean, right? So, see, the, the Bible says that God is so holy that there was no way for us to do anything of our own to, to be right with God. See, I, I understood that by like four something years ago. Uh, I, I tried to do the right things, but I couldn't. So, G, so God gave his only son. So, so, you, so we would have a shot to be right with God. And because we were so wicked, see, we transgressed against God. We did things wrong. So, God, so Jesus was wounded for that. He was physically hurt for that. He was bruised for iniquities, for, for those wicked things that we have done. And the chastisements of our, of our peace was upon him. And this is, it gets more serious. Jesus was actually beaten so we, so we can have peace with God. And promising that we would be healed and restored to a right relationship with God. So, you know, the story did not end here. Jesus did die, but, but he rose again on the third day. And he chose to die on a place because he loved you and me. So if, if you're new here... You know, like, let's ask your group leaders, like, hey, what, what does that story mean? And, and, I, and I would ask you, like, would you consider the gospel tonight? Um, and, and to all of us that, you know, that we've been, we, are, we are believers. Um, my question to all of us would be, like, what, what's keeping me, even in the slightest, from, from being completely surrendered to Christ and, and just act quietly? It's, it's a, you know, and, and the Bible says that, the quiet, like being quiet, it's, a, it's, it's, very, it's very precious to God. So thank you so much for just taking time and hearing me. So I'm just going to close this in prayer. Lord, uh, I'm just so, so thankful for, just for you and just for just what you really taught me uh, during this time. And, and, and Lord, just for, just for being willing to, to give Jesus uh, to suffer a death that he did not deserve, but just for willing to do that so we can be forgiven of our sins. God, would you please just bless that message? Would you bless our, our time with our small group? And God, uh, have, you, have your way uh, tonight. Amen.